0: So we are discussing the leadership races at the ruling Saenuri party as well as the main opposition Minju party of Korea. And we've been talking about why the uh, passion or the uh, interest in this among the public has perhaps subsided compared to previous uh, chairmanship elections. But uh, we're going to break down sort of uh, the candidates, uh, some of the issues at stake, some of the political uh, ramifications of uh, if this candidate wins, what would happen? If the other candidate wins, what would happen? And obviously in the lead up to the uh, huge 2017 presidential elections. Uh, give us your thoughts. Text us at pound one zero one three for fifty one or send us a Kakao talk message by adding TBS EFM as a plus friend. Uh, we'll be joined by Dr. Kim Ji Yun very shortly, but first, uh, Professor Hwang jung Uk here in the studio. So let's let's break down the sanity race a little bit. Uh, we have obviously it's delineated broadly into Pro Park and not pro Park or mainstream yep. and non-mainstream. Among the uh, so-called non-mainstreamers, we have Chu Ho Young and Chang uh, Myung Guk. Uh, this is a person who's representing the Tegu, uh, South Kyongsang as well as the uh, the Gyeonggi regions, respectively. Now they're saying, "Look, we got to consolidate. We're going to put our forces together and field a really strong, um, not pro Park, anti Park uh, uh, candidate." To to just make sure we get this chairmanship. Um, Is that going to be a play that uh, could prove to be successful, that strategy?
1: Yeah, I mean, the three other candidates are sort of known as, I mean, it's not exactly the same. There are degrees of differences, but at least the three other candidates are sort of known as pro-par candidates. So you expect the votes to be kind of split three ways. So I I think, you know, as a strategy, it was a smart move.
0: Okay, and so that leads us then to the other side of the equation, which is the uh, the pro Park candidates. And joining us on the line to discuss that, as well as the other issues uh, regarding these leadership races, very pleased to have Asan Institute for Policy Studies research fellow, our good friend Dr. Kim Ji Yoon. Hello. Hello, Henry. Hello to you. First, let's talk about. Uh, Um, we talked about the consolidation of the uh, anti-park or uh, Mm non-mainstream faction Uh, the uh, three candidates who are nominally considered the park loyalists Uh, you would have thought maybe the the big hyung or the big brother Seo Jung would say, hey you guys get together and uh, choose one Mm -hmm. big strong guy they have not up till now uh, decided to consolidate or make an alliance what are the major reasons behind that well
2: first of all because they all want to be a chairman (laughs) and Um, well, the, the, the three uh, pro candidates are Lee Ju-young, Lee, Lee jong hyun and Han Sung-kyo. And I have to say that uh, none of them are very stellar or superstar politicians. I mean, mm-hmm. they could, which means that there's no absolute winner. I mean, we all know about those guys, but compared with Mr. Kim Musung or Mr. Choi Kyung-won or Park Chung-won, for instance, um, they're not really uh, the heavyweight people or heavyweight politicians and the other side, the non candidate, Mr. Chu ho is not also very formidable, the candidate either. I mean, he's basically the one who didn't get the nomination, and when, won the election as an independent, came back to the party. So they probably thought that they all had a chance to become a, um, the chairman of the tenary Party, and that's just this is really critical timing for the next presidential election. So all of them were actually very ambitious and actually thought they could win the election.
0: So that, but that, in, in the end, that could hurt them though, right? If they split up the pro park vote and it ends up uh, becoming fractured enough that the uh, the non mainstream guy wins, uh, they, they're going to have to try to do something, right? Eventually, uh, someone, one of the big, again, the big brothers like Sachin are going to have to say, look, we need to get together.
2: Well, um, the answer is I'm not really sure because um, every the forecasting and uh, the news, uh, mass media saying that it's a neck and neck election. Uh, of course, I mean, if they want to guarantee the win, they um, should have, you know, unified the ticket, and that's the only way. Uh, that's really the, the 100% uh, guarantee the win. But even without that, um, well, they didn't really have to because, uh, um, you know, the, 70, the rule says the 70% is decided by the partisans and 30% is decided by public opinion. Mm. Among the semi-party members who are willing to vote in the, the chairmanship election under this scorching weather is very strong partisans, mm. and prison policy matters to them, unlike you know, the rest of other people, not the semi-party members. So they still thought and still had a chance to win until uh, the non-profession unified the ticket to Mr. Chu Ho Young. So this is uh, a little bit uh, kind of tricky situation okay. for them. They probably didn't
0: really expect this. Interesting. Now, uh, Professor Huang, just to bring you back into the conversation, uh, we talked about Kim Mo a big political heavyweight. He's not running, um, If he wants to run for president, he can't run. Uh, He is uh, decidedly, as he's been uh, showing in the last few years, a non-park person for sure. Is he maneuvering? Is it it possible he's orchestrating... Trying to get enough support to get the, uh, the non-Park guy going because that would then bode well for his chances to perhaps get the nomination for presidency?
1: Exactly. I mean, I, I think this is a, the textbook move. I mean, he actually publicly endorsed the Zhu I think, just today. And, you know, in each of the past presidential elections, in order to, you know, continue uh, winning the, the presidential election, you, uh, you know, if you're coming from the ruling party, the always the standard move is to sort of put a distance between yourself and the incumbent president. And I think that's exactly what Pink Kim Il-sung is doing.
0: Well, would you agree, Dr. Kim? And, and uh, I guess to throw in another little little wrinkle here is um, if you are a fan of Bangi Moon, who, who do you want to win this? What are you talking election? about? If somebody would be a fan of Pangi Moon. Um,
2: somebody should be, but I'm okay. not. Okay. <laughs> the thing. Well, you know, once the pro candidate is going to win the uh, chairmanship, uh, it doesn't matter who it will be, Mr. Kim Musang is going to be out of the race for the president bid, and he knows that very uh, accurately. Mm. And that is one of the reasons that he endorsed um, the Chu ho young And he's not the only one. Mr. Ose-hoon just, uh, just endorsed mister Chu ho as well, because he's also out of the race after the loss in the National Assembly election from the candidate list in the Blue House and the Pro POC section. So, you know, those who um, assume that they are not going to get the presidential candidates uh, under the Pro Pop section, they are all kind of the first into the endorsing Mr Shu Hoyong. So it's all connected to the next presidential election.
0: Interesting. Now um Sort of what I asked Dr. Kim, but uh, Professor Huang, as far as a pro park faction is concerned, um, it it appears that when we talk about the mix of votes, the 70 percent and then 30 percent in terms of uh, public polling and and, uh, party membership, um, a pro park uh, person, as far as not consolidating, still can win this election. What would be the ramifications of a pro park person uh, ultimately regaining the chairmanship?
1: Well, I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, being pro-park, that means you'll be listening to Blue, Blue House or you'll be working closely with the Blue House. So, you know, leading up to the presidential election next year, basically the Senate Party's machinations will be closely aligned with what the Blue House works uh once and if it doesn't actually turn out that way then there'll be you know, increasing you know, tension between what blue house wants and what you know non uh, non right. park uh, leadership at the 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 century party will want and will see cons-
0: if a pro park person won the championship and did all the things you said doesn't doesn't that guarantee then paralysis in the national Assembly? because they do not have the majority there uh, they do not set the agenda so if the opposition are going ways that are opposite and you have a unified blue house and Senate Party faction in the parliament, then really it's going to be frozen, whereas maybe if you don't have a pro-park element in the uh, Senate Party in the National Assembly, there could be enough pressure to actually move things On the lot? other hand,
1: that might not be, that might be the best that the blue house can uh, can hope for at this point because you know the, although the Sanitary party doesn't have the uh, the majority in the, the national assembly they do have the, the veto power so you know if uh, actually the whole senate party come, uh, falls under the non party leadership then they actually might do things in conjunction with the opposition party in opposition to what blue house wants so at least I think the blue house wants to wants to have the Sanitary okay. party will act as a veto power so
0: the best case scenario for them is actually to put a sort of a, exactly. sort of a wedge between them and maybe some progressive legislation that they would not necessarily sure. want. Sure,
1: I mean, you, you can imagine a scenario where Kim Jong-in of the, the Minju party says, hey, I moderated our party's position, you know, those of you who are non-Park and Sunny party, let's, you know, work together okay. and do something in opposition to what the, the, the Blue House wants, and that's probably not what the Blue House wants.
0: Dr. Kim, and for those uh, who haven't been following closely, if the pro-Park faction, and as you say, they can still win if they are splintered, um, if they, if one of them does win this uh, chairmanship election, uh, you you mentioned Moon you mentioned Ose, when you mentioned Kim Musang, who does that put to the forefront then, um, as far as a potential big wig, big shot politician who could take the reins for twenty seventeen?
2: Well, obviously for the pro Park uh, non pro Park is Kim Musang, but in the pro Park section it's a little bit uh, divisive because. Uh, I heard that uh, Real Pro Park and the Blue House is actually supporting Mr. Lee Jong-hyun because Mr. Lee Jong-hyun is very closely working with the, pro, um, the Blue House. But on the other hand, Mr. Ju, Lee Ju-yong, he is pretty op- uh, open to other options for the, press, for the candidate. But once uh, Mr. Lee Jong-hyun wants, and become the chairman, and they appear to pursue Mr. Ban Ki-moon as a candidate. And, you know, Mr. Uh, Lee jung is from Honam region, Mr. Ban Ki-moon is from Chungcheong, and Ms. President Park, they hold a pretty good stake in the Taegu and kyung uh, So I think that will be the, their game plan for the next presidential election. So they are supporting Mr. Lee Jung-hyun pretty wholeheartedly, I heard.
0: All right. Interesting. Now, you've been, as you say, you've been closely kind of gauging the sentiments of uh, the Kennedy diehards and, and, of course, what the politicians have been voicing. It, what's your gut sense? I know it's very early and it's almost impossible to make a, a, a prediction. But do you think right now as it stands, which side has sort of an edge? I, I believe you're kind of indicating that the pro park coalition um, has a slight advantage as we head into the actual vote.
2: You know, after the National Assembly election in April, I quit election forecasting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still think uh, if the, the race nails down to Mr. Lee Ju-young versus Mr. Lee jung Slightly more weight for Mr. Lee Jung-hyun. Right. And how much Mr. Chu Ho-young is going to play out it will be um, of interest. That's all I can say right now. <laughs>
0: okay, okay. It would certainly be historic if Yi Gangyuan does take the mantleship of the chairmanship, right? Because of his uh, Honan background, uh, because of the mm-hmm. fact that uh, he has sort of built that image of I'm sort of I'm I, I am a ruling party uh, Park loyalist guy, but I'm also very dedicated to my hometown and, and I, I want to uh, help and and, uh, and and help the people of my constituencies in Jeolla Province, right? Right,
2: right, exactly
0: another question for you in terms of the president right now and I, I suppose we're kind of moving away from the leadership aspect of things but uh she did meet with the various lawmakers uh, and other yes. officials from Tegu, her home area and north gyeongsang province and they were very angry about the uh, decision to deploy THAAD, and the seongju residents don't want it there and she seemed to sort of backtrack a bit at least publicly saying look we don't have to put it at the exact same location if we can find another location in the county um is this sort of yeah is this political because initially it seemed like they were very stern and saying this is a national security don't doubt our you know willingness to protect the country but now all of a sudden we're seeing well you know if you guys are angry maybe we can talk about changing it (laughs)
2: Well, because uh, everybody says that in the, the chairmanship race, the Cheong San do is quite a critical reason for uh, who is uh, to determine who is going to be the chairman. And uh, the meeting was actually criticized by Mr. Kim Mo-sung because you know, that is kind of influencing the race. Um, the meeting was in between uh, President Park and 11 representatives, including Mr. Lee Won-young, uh, whose district includes hong in Gyeongbuk area. Um, well, I, I don't know, I mean, maybe she didn't really talk about the other things uh, about the thought and other you know, of the budget and etc mm-hmm. uh, but she didn't really mention the, about the chairmanship race but it's, the timing is not really good actually, and you know, as I said, the cheongsang Bukdo region is going to be uh, very critical for this uh, race, and Mr. Lee Jeon-hyeon, he's from Hunan region, doesn't really have much the deep root of ground and A bastion in the Gyeongsang region, so it is kind of considered that well, President Park is kind of helping me to easily, you know, in that sense. So well, maybe she wasn't, you know, not really. She was innocent, but it was not really good timing, I have to say.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting development there. Just before we let you go, uh, I just want to get your thoughts on a a non-chairmanship election issue, but also maybe having some indirect relation to this. Uh, The major political dispute coming out today, obviously the news about the eight uh, first-term Minju Party of Korea lawmakers deciding to visit China to discuss at that deployment, obviously, uh, the ruling party and conservatives have been trying to exploit this and saying, "Look, this is of course uh, uh, almost an unpatriotic." thing to do to actually meet with uh, Chinese officials over something that is a national security concern to Korea. Is this going to play into the hands, sort of similar to all the kind of North Korean uh, red-baiting that, that has happened in the past That maybe not as effective these days that uh, could be potentially a liability for the Minju Party? Well, it's is another,
2: you know, we always talk about following North Korea, like jong and now the following China, and that is criticized well, it is a kind of planned thing, and I don't know, I mean, I, I would not make too much out of it, because the thought is not really a good weapon for either side, for the um, Hillary the Party and or um, the, the Minju, the MPK either. Um, so, well, I mean, you don't really have to make a good out of it. That's what I thought. It's just a simple visit, and I don't really think they are going to, they do not have a power to negotiate anything on the thought. And if they are politicians of this country, then they know what to do. And of course, the timing is a little bit um, not really great. But um, you know, they should be sensible enough to not to talk about other or do anything unpatriotic.
0: And I just want to get your final thoughts on just, we've been talk, spoke focusing so much on this henry Party, but with the Minju Party of Korea, uh, their elections coming up a little bit later, um, Kim Jong-in stepping aside as the temporary chairman. Uh, is it going to be, in your view, uh, basically a pro-no, um, non-pro-no fight once again, or are we going to see a little bit of a different dynamic?
2: Well... It's kind of too early to say because they have a different system, like cut-off system. Um, so we have to see that who is going to be cut off or why there's no person who is going to be cut off. Um, well, it's, it's always having the factional fight because Mr. Moon Jae-in is still the number one candidate for the presidential election from the opposition side. When you do the public opinion polling, so that's uh, also a very critical for the MPK for the next presidential election. Um, So I don't know. I mean, at this point, it's a little bit too early, but um, we have to see.
0: All right. Dr. Kim, as always, thank you very much for your insights. Always appreciate your analysis. That was Dr. Kim Jun from Asan Institute for Policy Studies. Dr. Professor Huang, I just want to ask you sort of the same question. Maybe you can give us a little bit of a different perspective. Those Minju Party lawmakers, these are rookie lawmakers, first-term guys. Uh, they visited China. On the surface, if you look at what they're saying is, look, this is just, you know, a, a few days. We're going there. We have journalists involved. We're going to just meet with Chinese officials. Like Dr. Kim said, we're not negotiating anything, we don't have any um, uh, weight of what the Blue House is actually putting forward policy wise, uh, it's immediately been, the backlash has been quite quick and strong, even coming right. from the president herself. Is this one of those issues that could linger and be problematic or is this do you think one of those Ah, they're going to make a big fuss of, out of it, but uh, we're going to move past this because it seems like Beijing certainly will not move past that anytime soon. Exactly,
1: and I, I think if I were them, the the visiting the, the, the opposition party of uh, National Assembly members, I think I'll be, I, I should be really, really careful because I think Beijing actually has the every incentive to push them you know, to get them to say something. Obviously, you know, the many members of the Minchu party have uh, as expressed express strong opposition to that. And I think Beijing will love to have them speak on record, similar, uh, you know, uh, comment, making similar comments in Beijing and use it for either domestic propaganda mm-hmm. uses in China or at least, you know, for China to attempt to, uh, you know, create more opposition within Korea against that. And, you know, I, I think it, this is something that they need to be really, really careful because I think that Beijing really has a lot of incentive to push them in any way that they can.
0: Right. And so, and you know that they are very smart and very crafty in terms of the strategy, in terms of the optics of trying to do that with uh, the opposition politicians. It just seems like a remarkable turnaround because this has been uh, arguably one of the most pro. China administrations we've seen in recent years up till, I think, the decision to deploy that, right? right. Sort mm-hmm. of the tra- trade ties, the FTA was signed. The president herself actually physically viewed a Chinese wartime military yep. parade. And so, uh, kind of the fortune is changing. And I find it fascinating that all of a sudden now there is some sense of actually politically trying to punish people for being deemed too pro China, And it seems like it's got a potential to sort of be a lingering theme because we don't have, I think, a full idea of where public consensus is with that and the attitudes of how China is sort of expressing itself detrimentally or not.
1: I mean, so far, the government has been sort of saying that, you know, there isn't much that China can do in opposition to, you know, Korea. But, you know, the recent news suggests that, you know, China is actually thinking a lot of ways in, you know, to using variety of, you know, both economic and non-economic methods to influence, you know, both, you know, the Korean public opinion as well as to, you know, hit the wallets where it can. So, you know, I think that China is doing everything it can to, you know, influence Korea. And I think this really does put both the opposition party and the government in a really tight bind for, for the government. I think they're, they're probably a little more surprised at how strong the reaction is from chi- Chinese. I don't think they quite expected this much of a you know, variety of reaction coming from China.
0: Right, and, and probably shouldn't be too surprised with the opposition um, always being skeptical with, I suppose, right. more mm-hmm. of a hawkish uh, move within this region and uh, their oppositions to the THAAD deployment uh, to be expected, but as you say, it's a difficult fine line to cross, especially when you are talking about the sensitivities of how China themselves can exploit that situation Absolutely. with these opposition lawmakers, although they have absolute no negotiating authority whatsoever. All right. Very wide ranging discussion. As always, uh, Professor Huang, thank you very much for joining us and hope to talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you very much.